Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Misty. It's Ani. And we're here with our New Year's episode. Woo! Holy shit, it's just it's been another year. Yes, it has. This is actually going by pretty fast, to be fair. Um, the every, every, the single days are very slow. The year itself has gone by very quickly. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Single day. Cause like on my way to work this morning, I'm going, today's Thursday. Yeah. Like, I remember it being Monday and I'm going, it's Monday. It's never going to go by. And then it's like, holy shit. It's already Thursday. Like, yeah. Where? Yeah. What? <laughs> the year itself has gone by very quickly. It's a little strange to be honest. Like. It, but then again, things I think about at the beginning of the year, like you and I saw each other in January, and that feels like and it feels like ago. ages ago. Yeah, it feels, like if somebody's like, "Yeah, that was three years ago," I'd be like, "Yeah, it was three years ago." No, it was, no, it was literally year. that was or, like it was only nine months ago. Like, yeah, well, like what? Um, when did I come see you? February. But you know, like it just it feels like it was just forever ago, and then like you guys are gonna be here pretty soon like in a couple months i know like like, a couple months and it's just like and that simultaneously feels like it is rapidly approaching but it's also (laughs) forever away and it's just like because i was thinking about that the other day i'm like oh they're gonna be here in just like a couple months because in my head it's it's like six months out but it's been six months out the whole time we've talked i know now it's three months out and we still have Mm. we still have to buy our plane tickets fair yeah gotta do that for sure come out here and Oh, that'll be nice. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Like I you, know. Oh, right before you guys get here is MegaCon too, so that'll be cool. Jessica has inserted herself into our trip, so she's coming with us. Oh yeah, I think you mentioned that. But um, she's gonna spend most of her time, I'm sure, with Jack and company. Yeah, they're gonna be doing the more chill, whatever, <laughs> less intense Disney days. And- but like it's also a lot of drinking and alcohol on that end for uh, us aaron and i have like a schedule we want to follow like we we're like we're gonna do this and this and this and this <laughs> so just like we have a schedule that's and fair. jess is like i don't want to do that i'm like you don't have to yeah like i just got you i just added you to my you know to our room and you can go to jack and do whatever the fuck you want yeah. we have things we're gonna do <laughs> yeah it's like there, there's a schedule like two very different types of disney people it's the yes. ones who follow the strict schedule who've been researching it for like nine months or since your last trip probably uh-huh. and trying to figure out exactly what you were gonna do and then and you exactly. guys are more prepared this time too and then there's yes. like the leisurely like people who are just gonna go with the flow kind of situations so. yeah because like this is our second time mine and aaron's going to orlando yeah jack and them go like they've gone so many times so like they've yeah. already gotten their shit down so this is why like Aaron's like we're gonna do all the things we didn't do last time and then the next time we go we'll do all the things we didn't get to do this time <laughs> it's just Fair like enough. until we get to that point of we've done everything we've wanted to now we can just chill yeah yeah because i mean like it's it's one thing to do it at like disneyland and california adventure but there are so many parks here <laughs> it's hard to do everything you want to do like there are so many parks because you guys are focusing this time on animal kingdom and epcot right yes yeah so and that's honestly just the kind of way to do it just pick two because doing all of them is really hard and seeing everything and also like florida weathers 
awful on you. So like it's and true. on everybody. It's true. But, so but you guys you know, should I'm, be here for good I'm weather excited. time though. Yeah. So like the earlier you go, the better. Like we have nice weather now, uh, but it's alternated this week. This just this week we went we were in the 40s the 50s the 60s the 70s and the upper 80s wow okay yes and i'm just like and they were all varying days not in a row varying <laughs> days like it was 60 50 40 70 80 80 70 and it's just like what like nobody should be surprised people are getting hawaii sick got, left right and center hawaii got snow hawaii got snow I didn't know Hawaii could get snow. I don't think Hawaii. Knew, yeah, I don't think Hawaii knew Hawaii could get snow. But okay. Yeah. Yay, global warming. Honestly, at least people have quit saying that global warming's not a thing. But uh, I mean, like Brazil's been having record 130 degree weather for the past several months. Yeah. Oh. That's why one of those uh, girls going to one of the Taylor Swift concerts, she died from heat exhaustion before the concert even started and <laughs> her family couldn't afford to fly her back so other oh fans, no other oh, fans sucks. paid to send her body back oh that's nice yeah and it's just like but like record temperatures and the venues didn't allow you to bring your own water of course they didn't and they do that so they you weren't allowed to bring your own water and because of what happened they actually passed a new law that says not only can you bring your own water but now the venues are mandatory you have to be able to provide free water yep. so and it's just like it really sucks it took somebody dying for that but when but we 130 to, um, degrees is insane yeah when we went to when we were young this year like last month yeah you can't you can't you can bring a hydro pack in yeah or like uh a big canister but like it can't it has to be empty and it has to it cannot be metal like this yeah but this year while we were waiting in line to get because this year they did it as like the first line you go through is bag check the second line is ticket check yeah so while everyone is swarming and get trying you know get trying to get in that line um people were just like passing out like crates of water Right. It's like here, everybody get water. It's like wow, okay, good. They don't want like we gotta finish it before you get to the the check, but it's like that's fine. Just chug it. Yeah. Hydrate before you go in. Especially yeah. I don't understand why they don't let you take well, all of those people are drinking so much alcohol. Like so much alcohol. These are the people you should be piling with water. It's just no, that's that's stupid, but I don't understand why venues don't want you to have your own fucking water. It's just like, yeah, because you want to charge them $7 for a fucking bottle of water. Like, come on. It's stupid. It is stupid. Puts people's health in danger. But on brighter news and more fun news, we are going to spend this episode doing a look back at the year, some of the things that we've done, both for the podcast and not. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it takes us. Uh, one of the things that um, you and I were talking about is actually books we've read this year. Yes, I have. I started the year again reading Jennifer Armentrout. Mm -hmm. I went, I devoured that book, and then I went into a book slump. I gotta hate those book slumps. Um, and I read, so I read *The Shadow in the Ember*. Loved it. Uh -huh. Jennifer Armentrout has like fucking she. 
she she brings out books like two books a year and i can't keep up like (laughs) like, stop that's fair i love it but stop i read the master uh, say a master of gin it's one of the books i picked up at the la book fair whatever Uh uh-huh last year when i met your cousin when i met tj i forget you (laughs) (laughs) i forget you've met him and like sometimes it just dawns on me i'm like oh yeah that's a little weird yeah like i walked up to him like hey i know your cousin he's like security yeah i'm like you know cousin i'm like misty he's like who i'm like Aunt Karen, Karen Irwin. He's like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he had any idea I existed until that point. To be fair, until my mom got back in contact with, I think, his sister or his mom, Mm -hmm. we had no idea. Well, I had no idea he existed. She did, but I didn't. But, but yeah, no, we have never, we have never met. So, and it's really funny because this book is getting so popular. I see it all over the place. I have still not. I have three of them, two or three of them. And I have to, I have have to read them. I heard Wolf Song is really, really good. And I have not gotten to the point of reading it yet. So I haven't even read uh, the house on the, whatever this I also find it hilarious that his title is Cerulean something because your tag is Cerulean City Misty. Like, <laughs> that is really funny. I didn't think that was really, really funny. That was good. Um, I owned the book for a really long time and it's been on my- Is that the baby? Yeah, that's the baby in the back. Oh my God, he's gotten so big. He has, he's getting so big. He likes to give kisses. He'll lick Aww. you like right on the little cheek. It's very Aww. cute. But, um, What's his male I, name again? I forgot. Sir what? Oh, his full name is Kashmir Papa the Little Tornado. Kashmir. That's right. Okay. Little Kashmir Papa the Little Tornado. So hasn't got quite gotten used to the Kashmir or the Papa yet since we had to change uh, his name. But li- always answers to Little Tornado. So well, that works. Um, so I read A Master of Gin because that was a book that, that was written by a guy that was on the same panel as TJ. Yeah. It sounded interesting. So I read that. I decided to read a book that I had read back in, like, junior high. Okay. And I was just like, this is not as cool as I thought it was. That <laughs> <laughs> usually happens when we do And that. I read another book. one from, I think, early high school or, like, middle school. And I'm like, also not as good as I thought it was. But whatever. I loved them as a youth, and we'll, we'll leave it there. What was, and what were the books? So the first one was from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankenwheeler. It's where a brother and sister familiar. run away and they like they, they run away to, to like the local library. Yeah. And like they stay overnight in the like they live in the library for like a weekend or whatever or like a week. Okay. Take a you know, take a bath in the fountain and everything magical and shit happens. I'm like, okay. All right, that's fair. I, second, I I haven't read it, but I think I've heard of that. It yeah. sounds familiar. Like that's a very unique title name. Yeah. So. The fact that I remembered most of it this you know for this long yeah the second one is called the westing game okay it's a murder mystery and i'm like i remember liking it but as an adult not so much that's fair and then i started my foray months later many months later many months later into audiobooks which you know like those really work when you have it really like, I it just it. makes it so much better. Like, that's how I, I got it. into listening to podcasts when I was yeah. going to UCF. Like, I 
it like I was in the car for three plus hours a day. And then it mm -hmm. takes me like, it took me like half an hour plus to walk to classes uh -huh. and stuff like that. Like you have to have something going on. And I went through audio dramas first and, but there weren't a lot of them at the time. Cause we're talking like 2016, something like that. Oh, 2015, yeah. 2016. Uh, so you know, there wasn't a whole lot of them at the time. So my next step was, uh, I, cause I kept looking up new audio stories and things like that. And they were like, people were just like, yeah, there's not a whole lot. And I'm like, well, shit. So, <laughs> but instead of going down the audio book route, I went down the, cause I was trying to find stories to listen to yeah. it wasn't audio books. Cause I didn't want to have to buy audio books. Yes. Um, but it did not dawn on me to rent audio books to the library for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, that's how I started listening to Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. And from that, that's how I learned how to play Dungeons and Dragons. So that's I awesome. went, uh, the NADPod, the Not Another D&D podcast was the first one I listened to for D&D. Uh, &D, and it caught my attention because the logo is just such a <laughs> bright pink and yellow. Um, and I like just the fact that what it was called, like not another D and D podcast. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And they, they were very popular. They only have like 50 episodes out at the time. They have hundreds of episodes out by now. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, I their episodes were so long. They're like a like couple hours long per episode. So it was just great because like I was listening to like a couple a day just for how much I was in the car, and it just made all of that travel and all the walking that you have to do for my classes and stuff like that. It just made it easier. And listening to these things just makes those kinds of long stretches of time just so much easier to deal with. It makes yeah. traffic easier. It makes like commutes easier and like all that other stuff. And it's just, it's, and, and listening to other people like talk too, rather than just music just kind of helps deal with like the isolationism of like being in the car for several hours a day. So like that's, it's always nice. Like audiobooks and audiobooks are getting more interesting too. Like those, they're they now doing audio they're doing audio dramas now, which I think uh -huh. is really cool. And you got uh, like, yeah, you have all the, like, you got a full cast of like sound voice effects. actors. You get sound effects. Yeah. It's wild. Now, granted, maybe not for like the door porn books, which don't need sound effects, but have them. But like I they're mean. doing, they're coming out next year with Throne of Glass as an audio drama. And I'm like, okay. Oh, it's going to be a graphic audio. Oh, yeah, gonna it's going to be a graphic audio and it's going to have all the sound effects of full cast and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't get into reading the book. Like I've read, I've read the first Throne of Glass book twice, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't hook me in. And uh, I, I, despite, I've tried, I tried real hard both times to like it and it just does not hook me in and I don't know why. Oh. But I'm I'm gonna give the audio dramas like uh, I'll give maybe it a shot. the audio will will pull you in. Um, Who knows? Maybe the audio. I'm gonna give it. A I'd like to read the second book. I would like to give the next one a try, just because the second like, book in the series or the prequel. The second book in the series, I think maybe Assassin's Blade. I guess that kind of depends That's, on. So Assassin's Blade is the prequel. I know Assassin's Blade is the prequel, but like the first Throne of Glass book, like Throne of Glass itself, I've read that one twice. Yeah. And because I read it when it originally came out. Right. And like it was, you know, it was okay and all that. Um, didn't like it enough to continue the series. And then I read it again last year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't know what it is. It, they just, it just doesn't just doesn't pull me in like the Akatar did like for the, which is a series I read this year. Um, <laughs> Because I, I gotta, I'll admit, 
you know, I, and because it's kind of obvious, I did read it specifically because you and Aaron love that series so much. So much. And I really just wanted to know why. And I was like, <laughs> everybody loves it so much. I need to know why. And the first one, I, I'm still not 100% certain that's the book I read all those years ago or like whenever. Like, <laughs> maybe. I'm like a lot of it sounded really familiar, but a lot of it did like all that under the mountain shit. And I've no yeah. fucking clue. But you know maybe but that one if if you guys had not told me that tamlin was not in game i never would have picked because i fucking hate tamlin and like i've gotten to the point because i the first one it was that was a bit of a struggle to get through it wasn't as bad for me for like as trying to get through throne of glass because throne of glass was just like making myself sit down and read it but Court of Thorns and Roses is the first one. I, what got me through the second time is knowing there's more. Knowing mm -hmm. that Tamlin is not it. And I'm and just wanting to see who that is. Because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get past this man. I gotta get back. <laughs> okay, I can't fucking do this. I cannot do this. I am not interested. Like, the romance to me is not somebody who wants a kept woman. And I'm just, but, so I'm like, okay. But Court of Mist and Fury and Wings and Ruin, I fucking devoured those books, mm -hmm. especially Mist and Fury. I was so ready. Like, I bought, I was halfway through Mist and Fury when I bought Wings and Ruin. Like, I was ready to go, like, fucking let's do this. And then you got Frost and Starlight. And I could have set the book on fire, and it would not have bothered me <laughs> at all. Fucking, like, look, I, can't, I have, the worst book I've read this year is King of Battle and Blood. No I was going to get to that because that is the, the worst book, book I've that read. That is this my year. second audiobook of this year. Yeah. And, oh, but God. however, however, until I came across King of Battle and Blood, Court of Frost and Starlight was my worst book of the year. <laughs> I have not gotten to Silver Flames because of how much I hated Court of Frost and Starlight. I, I started a Court of Frost and Starlight and I was aware. It was a little kitschy, you know, it was like a little holiday book and like what it was a little holiday novella or whatever. Huh. <laughs> oh my god, if I have to read the word mate or gentle male again, I'm gonna set somebody on fire because holy shit, just call him a guy, dude. My brother, what another mother, like I don't fucking care, dude, guy, whatever. Like you don't even have to say the word man, but just not gentle males, because I might just—it's first of all, it sounds way too much like genitalia. But like, just no, I fucking hate that word. And if I have to read like the word, like there were sentences where it was just mate, 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 mate. and I'm just like, say her name. Say her name. Like, Rhysand is incapable of saying Feyre's name. Say her goddamn name. Please. <laughs> Jesus. Throw me insane. That book is so short. It's so short. And it took me so long to read it. And I, like, it took me two tries. It took me two tries. Because I got through it. And the thing I hated more than anything else is, like, I went through three books of character development for Nesta. Three of them. By the time we got to the ends of Wings and Ruin, which I think is, that's the third one, right? Well, in, yeah. end of Wings and Ruin, like, her character was going places. It was evolving. It was developing. Like, she participated in the war. She was willing to die for Cassian and fighting the war. Her fucking father died in front of her. 
amazing love it her character work was just going so well and her redemption and everything and we fucking lose all of it in a goddamn time skip we don't even get to read and i was so mad i was so mad we lose her whole character in a time skip i don't get to read instead i have to listen to like the 200 pages that is recorded of frost and starlight of shopping and sex in the air fuck off no and then like the thing that pisses me off the most is the fact that like no like like we have we've had so many star debates i promise i'm just gonna wrap this up but like the thing that keeps me from reading silver flames is the fact that it makes me angry first of all i did not like the characterization of anybody in frost and starlight i i think it really just kind of went downhill Okay. It was very strange to me. Like I, I had trouble placing this resand in parts of it as I as I did in the previous book. Like that, it, he's starting to deviate. And like from what I have perused of Silver Flames, really deviates for me. And I understand it's from somebody else's point of view. It's not from like Pharaoh's point of view and all and all that stuff. But as it's from Nesta, and she'll see him differently. But like to the point, it seems out of character. And if you would tell me that was it like a fan fiction of a court of Frost or you know Court of Thorns and Roses, that I would believe, because it it just gives me such different vibes than the other books did. It's very weird for me, and because I guess maybe because I read so much fan fiction, it's kind of easy for me to tell like what other authors write about the same story. If you would have told me it was a published fan fiction, I would have said yes. Obviously, like it is, it is a different character you are looking yeah. at that's those books so it's gonna yeah. be different but like i was getting those vibes <clears throat> in frost and starlight too which is one of the things that was weird to me and but resan's characterization is so bizarre to me and like he regresses for me a lot too and because like especially the way he treats Feyre, and i really don't like the fact that he keeps her pregnancy scares from her and then gets mad at nesta for telling her because he wasn't going to tell her and it's because just like he and I knew just... that pharaoh would most likely sacrifice herself to save the baby and he's like i'm not leaving with either without either of you well and like i get that but instead of waiting until that like to the end or when it's happening maybe work on it together as partners rather than just keeping secrets life threatening and altering secrets from one another, especially because it's her life that's in the balance. So with all of the magic and things like that she has, you're telling me she couldn't have spent nine months learning how to shapeshift herself a little, she can already do it. So, but, or reaching out to other people, you know, like they have friends in other places that also have wings, the other courts that also have wings, like the, uh, the, what is it the dawn court where people mm -hmm. have wings it's or the day court one of them but like it bothers me that it just it's the characterization of them took a really weird turn for me in that one and I, I i it's really just kind of kept me from wanting to read it it's gonna i will get to silver flames eventually but i feel like it's going to be for me in the same vein of uh throne of glass where i'm gonna have to sit down and actively make myself read it rather than just kind of get through it which does bother me because i love nesta so much and i'm and telling you you are going to love it 
because she's so badass. I mean, yeah, like I get that. I and I like the fact that she's badass. That she builds, like oh yeah, and like and I and I know all of those things. It's the people around her that make me not want to read it. You don't like, really deal a lot with Reese. Yeah. yeah. If that helps. I don't like the way Cassian treats her either. Oh no 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 no! Cassian yeah. treats her and now just like how she wants him to. Like he she treats him like be- shit. Let's be honest, back. okay? Like, uh, okay, so like, I read Court of Frost and Starlight. I didn't like the way he ta- he treated Nesta in that one because, like, in that moment when he's following her to go, to, like, she's walking home after like the the event or whatever the party uh-huh. that they had, and she asks him not to follow her. He still follows her, like whatever. And then they kind of like get into this a bit of like an argument and everything, and he just kind of acts really entitled to her time like the girl told you no several times and to leave her alone just fucking leave her alone just fucking leave her alone i hate that persistence shit and it does drive me nuts like it's there's a line between being romantic and then like how many times does she have to tell you to leave her alone before you leave her alone because that's it's getting a little weird and if he did leave her alone then she'd be like no one cares but like not like as an overarching thing like in in moment to moment like he yeah he still made sure she got home safe like that's fine but it also bothers me they waited a fucking year to intervene like that's insane to me like you can like it there's a little bit of a double standard i think in the way that depression is handled and mental illness and ptsd are handled they hit now, Sarah J. Moss handles Feyre's PTSD and her depression. Fantastic. A Court of Mist and Fury is a beautiful piece of recovering from mental health. And I just don't understand why she did that for Feyre, but didn't do it for Nesta. And Because just, Nesta's... Nesta's mental health and the way she is addressing her problems is through anger and rage. And that is an unacceptable display of mental health issues it is but realizing all the shit that she is dealing with is how i would it's how i would lash out too like what she yeah 100 so i get it because like her yeah. recovery and her journey is completely different than the sugar coating that farah needed yeah Nesta is, is exactly Nesta's a viper Nesta will fucking bite and scream and yell and like claw your face out like and she won't say that she needs help because then it's like but like no one really cares like i gotta do it myself like stuff like that it's like i get yeah. it and yeah I- and like i do too but and that's what bothers me is i understand where she's coming from so it bothers me that the people around her either ignore her or they treat her like shit, or then they take all of her choices away from her and then act like she's the problem and like that pissed me off because it's just like you knew she was having problems a fucking year ago and now, because you don't like the way her mental illness is displaying, now you've decided that your way of doing it is taking more of her choices from her, when that's literally all that's happened to her in Elaine, is just having their choices taken from them, forcing them to move from one location to the next, having the decisions made for them. And, like, you don't understand why that pisses her off? <laughs> like, I would have raged. The first thing I would have fucking done after they told me, it's like, yeah, well, you can, like, because I think they tell her at one point, it's like, well, you can go live in the House of Wind or you can go back to the human lands. And I'd have been like, bye. Do I have to live <laughs> in the fucking woods now? Yeah, okay, sure. I'll figure that out. But it's better than this controlling psycho shit. Yeah, bye. See ya. 
goodbye. Like, you're telling me that she couldn't have fucking turned around and gone to live in one of the other courts? I wouldn't even bother to stay in that court. I would have went to one of the other ones. Like, fuck off. Bye. See ya. <laughs> I'm gonna go live in the fucking, like, Dawn Court or some shit. One of them has, like, doesn't one of them have, like, a university or something I think I read? Like, yeah, okay, see ya, bye. I'm gonna go to school in Probably. the other court. It's the one Helios, I think, is in charge of. And Dawn. it's just like, yeah, it's just like, bye. See ya. Fuck off. But I I really, really, really liked Court of Mist and Fury and Wings and Ruin. And then I was so mad at the turn that took when Frost and Starlight hit. I was so, so fucking mad. To, to, but, to end your tirade on Agatha, because it's never going to end. No, I know this. We both talk about it forever. Books that I was so, so disappointed with. Mm. King of Ballad Blood. Oh, my. Now, let me, let me say why I was so disappointed. I already, like, I've read Scarlet St. Clair's other series, the Hades and yeah. Persephone books, right? Touch I've heard great things about those books. I love that book. I don't like Persephone much at the beginning because I'm like, I see a lot of my, like, myself. Yeah. Like, how I would used to, like, approach things and, like, handle things. I'm like, I see a lot mm. of my old self in that. And I'm like, bitch, you're making all the wrong decisions. <laughs> Stop it. I'm like, because, and I hate it because it's me. Yeah. But I love the development of how Persephone and Hades and like their relationship and Persephone's growth and Hades' growth. It's just like, it's wonderful. So I'm like, okay, the King of Battle and Blood, vampires, they should be good. No. Yeah. Absolute it garbage. Everything, every issue that Isolde has can apparently be solved by fucking. And then she gets she's, angry about the fact that she wanted to fuck. She had, <laughs> Not she in thinks, herself. She thinks she gets angry is hot. At, she gets angry at everyone else about the fact that she wants to fuck. And it's just like... She thinks Adrian what? is hot. She's mad about it. She has feelings for Adrian. She's mad about it. She's upset at, like, about something that happened at, at the fortress or whatever. She's upset about it. She's upset that she... The number of times this girl gets hot and bothered and then goes to finger herself and then gets interrupted. And I'm like, why is up? your first that that but also why is your first thing like i am annoyed at my uh my assigned guard so i'm gonna go rub one out right now like and it that what? was really weird like girl what are you doing like it's like <laughs> she couldn't keep her hands off herself and it's just like yeah. okay but it was just it was like everybody was on severe aphrodisiac like the whole fucking time and it's just like okay like, i liked adrian I liked Adrian, and, okay. and I love that. It, and I love that Aaron had to point out that my favorite player's name is also Adrian. I didn't put it two and two together, even though I. <laughs> so now every time we see Kempi, she just goes Adrian. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I let's not compare I know, like, like a good team to this shit book. I know. Like I thought Adrian in, in this world, I thought Adrian was decent. Like he's yeah. just trying to make her happy. Because, like, mm -hmm. it's his old love, come back, different body, same soul, blah, 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 whatever. But he's also in love with these old as he's old. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes, I know the whole thing that you're going to keep secrets from her because every ancient creature does that. Oh, my God. It's so fucking annoying. I know. It's fine. Whatever. But I can't. I hate his old. I cannot stand his yes. old. So yes. much. And I even... I even listened to the second, I even read the second one, Queen of Myth and Monsters, and 
Like I was, you have no idea how close Isn't I was. Isn't she a witch vampire werewolf at some point? I, I'm getting to that. Spoilers, everybody. If you want to read this, don't. Don't do like, that. I was so, the number of times I almost gave up on King of Battle and Blood, and then I will never forget. Chapter nineteen is where is where it hooked me. That one little plot point that I want to see develop, and which is how it happened. Like it's all I care about. And then what the was second the plot one, point? It's got something to do with her mom and where her mom is from. Like her mom's oh, people. the fact that her mom's people were enslaved. I want to know what the fuck is so special about these people. Okay. So, that's my whole thing. I want to know what happens with these people. And if nothing happens, I'm going to burn these books. <laughs> Sorry, Scarlet St. Clair, but what the fuck? Anyways, in the second one, um, she so she is a witch reincarnated. Okay, she's mm-hmm. learning about she's learning her magic in a world where magic is supposed to be tabooed she's and outlawed. A queen who's she's a queen. reincarnated witch. She she's she's a queen to a vampire. Mm-hmm. She's married to a vampire king, so she's a queen. She is a witch reincarnated. She gets attacked by these werewolf-like creatures. I forgot what they're called, and transforms into one of them, and then she has her husband bite her. So she can turn into a vampire. So now she's a vampire witch shapeshifter. She's a vampire shape (laughs) (laughs) reincarnated witch queen. And that's just too many fucking... That's just too much. It's like next thing you're gonna know, like, oh, yeah, she's uh, also an elf and an alien. She's also a mermaid. Yeah. And and a fairy, too. Like, just fucking no. Pick one. One. Pick one. The, the writing is bad. I don't know how she can, how Scarlet can write the Touch of Dark Malice series and write this garbage. Have you ever, I know you've read like a lot of Hades, Persephone stuff. Have you ever read the Lore Olympus graphic novels? Mm-mm. They were extraordinary. They were, they're from Webtoons. Um, the, the series is, but it was so popular, like they published it in actual nice. physical book format uh i'm told it's fantastic so it's all right to, uh, that's on my your, list. to put on your list so so my uh, first audiobook of the year was mm-hmm. the third in a nora roberts um trilogy that mm-hmm. i found so it's called the choice the third okay one. that was my first one and i loved it because nora roberts writes great trilogies and then we had the king of Balan blood after that i read assistant to the villain so that was really cute. I liked that one a lot. I finished Murder Your Employer, and I was, it was meh. Yeah. Like, yes, British humor, but also it kind of fizzled out. I read Dark Lover by okay. J.R. Ward that my mom's best, that my mom's friend has been on my ass about. Okay. I, of course, loved it. I enjoyed it. And then I read Magic Bites. Okay. Okay. You're Ilona I, Andrews, yes. I, I like, didn't know that, actually. I don't think you told me you read it. I did, because I told you I was also listening to A Questionable Client, the one, the, the prequel to Magic Bites. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read those two. Um, I actually really enjoyed A Questionable Client a little bit more than Magic Bites. I mean, that's, that's valid. So, because she, uh, she went back and wrote Questionable Client later. Oh. I think that's one of her later works i'm gonna i'm gonna finish that series hopefully next year and then i read empire the vampire oh my god gabriel de leon 
<laughs> oh, Silver Knight. Ugh, love him. I had so I have Owl Crate, right? And I have so it's my monthly book subscription, and I get a, a monthly, you know, I get a book every month from this mm-hmm. subscription and goodies. One of the books I got was called The Whispering Dark, and I thought it sounded really cool. Like I remember going to Barnes and Noble, seeing it, reading the back of it, and going, I think I have this one at home. Glad I didn't buy another one. Mm-hmm. The concept of this book of the world was great. You know, this girl can see the dead and like i I guess she's a necromancer or like she has control over the dead right yeah it's not how it started it was just she's afraid of the dark she goes to this school where they teach you to like walk through worlds and all of a sudden she's a necromancer like she's afraid of shadows and now you're telling me that she's a necromancer like i'm so confused that's a little weird yeah and the male the main male character is constantly said as like he's you know he he drowned and he died and then he woke up like a week later it's like so is he a zombie that would make sense. <laughs> yeah when you i remember you telling me about that one, and i'm like oh zombie romance that's a little weird yeah but no he's not a zombie he's a demon i'm like what okay yeah is that a like... ya novel yes it is ya it sounds i think YA. she's 17 or 18 yeah. yeah, the the the, or all, the placeness of it does yes. it just strikes me as more white. I I think this would be a new adult because like the next one like I read Book of Night by Holly Black and mm. I didn't quite like it till the end. Okay, so I'm looking forward to the second one. It's a duology, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to the second one of that comes out because like the ending of the first one was like oh now it picked up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like it took you this long. Okay. Like, you you really like Holly Black as an author, right? I don't love her the way I like Sarah J. Maas. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed Holly Black. I, I My first foray into Holly Black was the Tithe series. Yeah. Tithe variant. I, I read that one, yeah. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. I read that trilogy. And then I read The Cruel Prince. Well, I don't fucking like Cardin and Jude whatsoever. Thank you. <laughs> I could not stand <laughs> that book. Holy shit. There was, I couldn't find anything to like about either of the leads. And I'm just like, what? And it like took off on like book talk and shit like that. And I'm like, huh? Honestly uh-huh. though, like I like book talk leads me astray more than it does anything else. Like let's now, like, cause like I'll talk about another one I read that was just like book talk would not leave it alone. Like the, like bookstagram and all that. And when I, I had to finish, I had to take to your house so I would be on a plane and it would force me to finish this book. But that is a Song of Achilles. Song of Achilles. Now, Song of Achilles, I will I read I that with say. you. I read it with you and I didn't finish it. Aaron yeah. finished it. You barely finished it. I gave up on it. I will say, it is not that it is a bad book because it's not a bad book. I don't find it to be a bad book. I think one of the things there's there's two main things I think that I have an issue with it. The first is that it's not particularly so much accurate to the historical like myth of Achilles and all that. Um, but more than that is it's so one pace. It, there's yes. never like it doesn't pick up. There's no moments of excitement. There's no mo- low moments. There's no like ups and downs. It is even keel from start to finish and now i will say 
I, I, the thing I enjoyed about the book though was Patrick's, the way he loves Achilles. Uh-huh. I really liked that because it it's really different because it didn't strike me as the love you read in a romance novel. It doesn't strike me as the love that you read like in in romanticy books or you know high fantasy books or any kind of regular genre books. It was so realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Like his love of Achilles was just it was so rounded and complete in a way that like you would just you would want in actuality like it was a little well it wasn't a little it was a lot of hero worshiping uh in in a lot of ways but it was so genuine and you got that and you definitely understood in a real world sense his love of achilles and i that was the thing that i enjoyed when i was done with the book i wasn't disappointed i wasn't thrilled but i wasn't disappointed but it sat like with me differently than like some of these other books that we that we read and i it was just i think that type of love was so different because it didn't go for the epic acts or the you know like the declarations or like any of these things it was just real in a way that you would experience in the real world and i think that's the thing i liked about it i would not read it again and i it would not be the first book I recommend to anybody, but that <clears throat> realness, I think, probably suits non-fantasy readers better than fantasy okay. readers that because it's not it's not action-packed. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, there's a war, like, at the end and all that, but, like, even the war itself, you don't, there's, there's no action, like, epic descriptions. Like, I, when you read books like Akatar or you read like fourth wing and stuff like that there's action and declarations and there's these extremes there's extreme yeah. emotions there's extreme highs and lows and da- ups and downs and like all of this stuff and there there's no extremes in song of achilles it is everyday love and you read about the everyday love yeah. and i think that's very different than a lot of the things that we read it's not necessarily my taste it feels more like normal like standard fiction like romances yeah like real real world romances and stuff like that than it does like the fantasy books so i i see why like for you and me um it it sits differently because those aren't the kind of books you and i read so it wasn't it wasn't i it is a literal straight down the center like even like it three was dry. stars there was for me. no it was, flavor to it yeah like it was there i think the the good parts and the bad parts weigh each other out a lot maybe a little more towards the not so good just because we all like know said, there was nothing it well there was nothing that pulled you into it there was no moment you know where it just pulls you into it it is just completely flat and even the whole time and in some for some people that's great i can see why some people like were drawn to that aspect of it but that's not the way you and i read we read yeah. action we read fantasy like we read this like i want to read about you know fae wars and dragon riders and like yeah. all this other stuff like yeah and like so the other st- like that evenness of that is a lot different because it is completely just out of out of the genre and all that um something else i read i've read two drastically different books um like back to back um i read my first fantasy cozy novel which oh yes um, legends and lattes Uh which was cute 
I did like it. Um, it was, I would say maybe like four stars. I liked it. I liked the fact that it's like, I have a hard time reading coffee chocolate <laughs> because I find that people do one of two things. They are, are just so vague and or and like they just they don't know what they're talking about with coffee because like they'll just start to go like off of like this is my iced cappuccino mocha chino latte fluffy flaviness and it's just like that's <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about you've never had a cup of coffee in your life or <laughs> that's two different things in one you can't do that <laughs> or yeah or they were a former barista and they tell you step by step every single thing that goes into the car. There is very little in between like realms, but Legend and Lattes does manage to do it. They, the one thing they, they kept it simple when it comes to the type of coffees. There's not a lot of them, but because like they, it's a medieval fantasy style setting. It's, it's literally a D and D setting, but if you just took, it. you just put a coffee shop in D and D like, and that was great. And I loved it. And it, I thought it was good. And there's not, there's, I like the struggle that like the character goes through because she's a, now a former adventurer and she's trying to like do something else with her life and all that stuff and trying to figure out like the, you know, the realities of the world and everything. And I liked it. I thought it was good. It does have a prequel now, which I don't, okay. which doesn't technically draw me into it. It's called Battles and Bookshops or something like that. Something similar. Um, oh, which doesn't really. That was a sequel. No, it's a prequel. I believe it's from when she first discovered the coffee shop and like the okay. coffee was a thing so because in that world it was it's in gnomish lands and she went and when she went to the gnome lands uh they had a coffee shop there and that's what started her on to it so that was my first cozy fantasy um i like it i definitely see reading more i have a couple of on my tbr my kindle tbr of some cozy fantasies and stuff like that um bookshops so and bone dust there you go that's close um but uh so i i can definitely see it i did i did like it i thought it was good um i i don't think it like it's not it doesn't make my top five books of the year i don't think um but you know like it, it definitely wasn't in the bottom five either so it was a, it was a good upper middle range book um on the flip side i turned right around and i read ice planet barbarians <laughs> <laughs> so different um it wasn't great i'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you i look the sex and the smut do not care like whatever i i honestly uh, i've been reading fan fiction for 15 years i have read <laughs> things everything that, and everything that would imaginable. make <laughs> that if i was to tell you some of the shit you would look at me and like are you sure you're asexual because when the fuck is that and uh yeah you read hat porn <laughs> I, oh, well, no, I did read the one. Um, we're not going to go there. Okay, look, I, at least, at least I've never read the Tetris porn book, okay? So, like, let's let's go that's, there. That's got to be new, like, uh-uh. I, I did see that on, on Instagram the other day. I'm like, oh, God, okay. Or the door one. I haven't read the door one either or the pillow one or any of that weird shit. I don't read that, okay? But, like, I've read some really... Mm, like I, I think it like, uh it puts I that pp it puts Aaron. that uh, killer tire movie to a, a whole new world no but like tire. i think if you if you me and aaron sat down and presented the smuttiest things we'd ever read i might raise both of your eyebrows because you'd be like um i believe that because you read so much fan fiction mm, so 
Ice Planet Barbarians, the the fact that they're having sex every five seconds. In all honesty, it wasn't even that bad. The fact that, and it's not it wasn't kinky or anything like that. It's just like okay, he's you know he's a giant alien. He's he's basically a an Asgardian like frost giant. Like yeah, that's, yeah. How I that's, frost that's exactly what he is. My issue with it is the consistent, like every single chapter threat of rape oh. all the time the first several chapters when she's being kidnapped by the aliens not the lead characters aliens but by other aliens um there's some like one of the characters not her one of the side characters, gets brutally raped and it's just like wow okay this should just be like a throwaway smut book and this is not cool. and they're all there all of these women have been captured for the purposes of breeding and being sold as like breed and like it and then they're constantly under the threat of this and then like they try to leave to survive and like she goes off and whatever and then like she starts it's torture fighting. porn and what well, it, it's but like which can be that some that some people's kink and everything like that it was not presented to ah. be kinky it Got was it. presented as a threat and it's just kind of like okay and then like they find she finds this like alien barbarians that live on this planet or, or whatever and like yeah she has a great connection with with this one and that's fine um but he wants to bring all of the females back to his people because they don't have enough females and the men are interested in the just the fact that they're female for the sex part and it's just like yeah okay great they went from one possibly rapey set of aliens to another possibly rapey set, of aliens. set of aliens and it's just like for a book that should be like enjoying like alien smut it was a lot of threats of rape and then rape and it's just like there's so many books in this series too I'm just, isn't not, there a lot of them yeah there's like a shit ton of them i will not be continuing that series for several reasons <laughs> like several reasons also because like at the end like there's like pregnancy shit happening like oh, another pregnancy trope i don't remember if she does but he's interested in that happening and i'm just like mm, no thank you so like i'm gonna pass on any of that it was not it was not at all what i expected it to be because i like i the stuff i'd heard about it online and then you know like reading the descriptions of it and everything did not present it in what it is and uh first of all it presents her as being way more badass than she is she is okay. she is not at all but like it if you would have taken out the beginning and the end of the book and just left the middle part where like she meets him and like all that and he wants to take her back to his that would have been perfectly fine no issues it would have been a good book much higher rated than i rate it um but because of all of that in the beginning and the stuff that happens at the end no i that i will say that's a hard okay. pass for me so i will never need to read it no that is a like like because you know how like because you and i have both watched <clears throat> outlander you watched more of it than i did but there was like that point where you just have to quit watching because there's just so much rape in it that yeah. point for me that point for me was uh was jamie wasn't it no no i suffered through honestly i didn't even watch it i just fast forward to that part because i'm like i can't do this yeah because i love jamie so much but no it was like the second maybe third episode of the fourth season when they're in the colonies yeah and the little boat that they're on on their way to like jamie's uh great aunt or whatever mm -hmm. and that was a like riverboat 
and they get attacked. Jamie's not there. So she gets, you know, and I'm just, and Claire gets, you know, threatened, possibly another possible threat of rape. Like it, it gets close. And then he steals her ring to Jamie. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't. Like, there's too much anxiety. There's too much heartbreak. There's too much. It's just too much. It's just too much. I can't do it. Like, I can't. Yeah, there's a line. Outlander crossed that line like a long time ago. And, but like, like it's, it's that kind of stuff that was going on that it just kind of like made me put down or like I finished Ice Planet Barbarians but like it's what keeps me from wanting to read the next ones and it's just kind of like, like oh. I one of my favorite series I didn't read any of them this year because I'm waiting for more to show up but um The Dark Hunters yeah that is considered some people consider it torture porn because the main male characters because they're all these ancient you know mm-hmm. Greek and or roman or atlantean you know soldiers right they've gone through so much like betrayal and torture and whatever right mm-hmm. so they need like they need their help from their wives or whatever going getting through it and like breaking their trauma fine yeah. i love them the twin brothers their books like to this like i i cried when i read asheron because asheron's yeah. book is in two parts like the first 700 pages is his life from being born to being changed like dying and changing and then just figuring his life out to modern day 2007 or something right yeah i cannot read that first half ever again like it has been ages i read that in 2009 yeah or 2008 and i still remember the shit that this character went through i'm like i can't my heart and then when i read and then he like maybe like maybe a decade later his brother's book comes out mm-hmm. sticks his twin brother and like i weeped i was like what i thought ashes ashes shit was bad no sticks is even worse and i'm like <laughs> ah, my baby boys and but like that's no. how you know it's a, like it's a good book too when it brings you to emotions like that like that's how you know it's a good book so <clears throat> i will say what are the top three books you think you've read this year top three oh boy okay so i can't i can't necessarily say that. so i have one series that i'm one i'm on the last book there's five of them and mm-hmm. i thank aaron for this series because i absolutely adore it it is called <laughs> the parasol protectorate it's like 1870s london all right okay it's got a little steampunk so we have um alexia tarabotti um, who is who is a preternatural? Okay, she's human, but she's born without a soul. Okay, and when she f- touches anyone that is supernatural, it turns them human at her touch. So, like if she touches a vampire, like with her bare hands, mm-hmm. they immediately become human. So like she can literally hold their hand and walk into the daylight, and it'll be fine. Does it only happen while she's touching them? Yes, she has to physically touch them. Like if she touches them with the gloves, it doesn't work. But like if she does it with her like bare hands. But when yeah. she lets go, do they? They revert back. Yeah. Okay. And then if she touches the werewolf, like, like it also turns them human. You know. Mm. She's got a parasol that she gets custom made to have a bunch of weapons in it, like poison darts, a gun, um, like deadly mist. <laughs> okay. 
It's great. And then her friend, who's French, Madame uh, Madame Lefou, who owns a shop called Chateau de Poop. It's a hat shop. Okay. I mean, I guess there's worse things. It I don't know how the name is spelled. Sure. I don't know how the poop is because I'm, I'm reading it, so I don't know. It's 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 French, obviously. Mm. But Ch- uh, Chateau de Poop, all the hats of the name. And so uh, Madame Lefou, she's a lesbian. She's attracted uh-huh. to women, but she dresses like a man. And so she, she shocks everybody, right? I, I mean, men's clothes during that like period would have been much more convenient than the sheer amount of layers those women. I know, wear. but like <laughs> Alex, like Alexia is a you know she's proper breeding. Mm-hmm. Um, she's high society or like whatever, right? So she's, but she because she's soulless, she's very like preternaturals are known to be in this world very, um, uh, what's the word? Practical. Yeah. Like she doesn't really let her emotions like govern her. It's just very practical. She says what she says. She does what she does, and like it's gotta get done. She marries the Earl of Wolsey, so like the the London Alpha Pack leader, right? Mm-hmm. They get married, and then they end up with the kid, and everyone and the vampires are trying to kill her because of her child. They're like it's gonna be a skinwalker, and it is. So the baby, like whoever touches the baby, like the baby will take their form. So like when Alexia holds it, it's a human. When yeah. uh, Connell, the Earl of Woolsey, her husband, picks up the baby, it's a puppy. <laughs> like, it's a wolf puppy. That's cute. <laughs> when her adopted father, who they're going to give the child to so, like, the vampires can stop trying to kill her, Lord Akeldama, who reminds Lord Akeldama, imagine Tamaki in 1870s garb. <laughs> He gives me such Tomahi vibes and I love Mm -hmm. it. And like he never calls Alexia by her name. It's always, oh, my sugar plum or oh, my pear blossom. I I fucking love Akeldama. But when Akeldama picks up the baby, it turns like it's like it turns to a vampire, like porcelain skin, Mm -hmm. fangs, everything. It's like, wow. Yeah. So I'm on the fifth book. I absolutely love this series. I, I have I have laughed out loud many times. Yeah. And I'm just like. I love it. I love it so much. And of course, Connell um, McCon is, as from the name you can tell, is Scottish. So we have a Scottish accent and I'm like, ha 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 ha. Oh. Like, where is my wife? I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> That's <laughs> cute though. Yeah. So uh, I can't pick just one out of that book. So I'm going to say the... Yeah, we, Parasol- you can just go with the series. Yeah, that's okay, Parasol Proctored is in my top five. Okay. Empire of the Vampire because Jay Kristoff writes mwah, amazing books. Okay. Um, uh, ugh, I don't really have that much in my talk. Like, I love the choice. I love that series by uh, the Dragonheart Legacy by Nora Roberts. Like they were good. Mm. Like they really got me to emote. Like I I went the number of times I gasped, I cried, I laughed. I went, oh no, you know, like <laughs> great. Um. So my top five, I'm going to put King of Battle and Blood on there because it's in my top list of things I loathe. Like, that has gotten so much. You can much. have a worst book of the year. Like, that's fine. You yeah, know, that's, that, that's what it's going to be. But I also love it because it's got me, it's like, I have never hated a book so much. <laughs> <laughs> it drew out emotions in you. That's fair. It's just one of the loathing. Like, we all know I don't like Twilight. We don't like Twilight. We, we love it. We hate it. 
that's that's just like, an underlying thing i loved it when i was 16 i oh yeah i hated it when i was 21 or 22 after graduating like, and i loved it all over again because me, it brought us here it brought us to this podcast like so. teenage me went fucking feral for twilight okay but like adult me has questions that she would like answered so many know? questions just, that will never uh, be answered no. 16 year old me i will I, I remember vividly we're getting in the car and i have i have new moon in my hands and i'm reading it and i'm like shuffling towards the car and i'm getting in the back seat and i am i am having like a panic attack like an anxiety attack because like my heart is fucking racing and i'm just because like edward was leaving <laughs> it's after that it's after like the fucking pages of december no like october november december january whatever <laughs> after all that and i'm just like i'm having this fucking attack and i'm like hyperventilating and i'm like oh my god and mom's like what's wrong with you i'm like the book the book there's so much drama and now when i look back i'm like child you don't yeah. know drama like no. what that that's just garbage i will never <laughs> never not be convinced that twilight was some kind of like crossroads demon deal or like <laughs> some kind of fey deal because the amount of people that went just fucking fucking hell but then and at like almost a very specific point all of that love for twilight fucking flipped on its head and it was a bunch of hate for twilight <laughs> and it's just like i will never not be convinced that she she had like this deal made because so many people i talked about when i was a teenager and like i read this book because now people who read it don't have that effect like that magical effect is gone so when people read it you see it immediately for the shit storm that it is but when you're reading it at the time i like pretty much everybody i met when they said that they had read it it was just like it was going by so quickly and it was like page after page after page and they just felt so many emotions for it and like when when Edward left Bella in New Moon, I was up to like two in the morning reading it because of what was happening. I sobbed. I absolutely just sobbed over this book and Edward leaving Bella. And I closed the book and didn't pick it up for like a fucking week. And then the only thing that made me pick it back up is I flipped to the end to see that he'd come back. And then I decided to read it. And it was the only reason I decided <laughs> to read it. Because I was willing to just drop the entire series if Edward wasn't coming back. Because I was fucking like, insane for this book. And But everybody I, I knew at the time who'd read it had similar reactions, just overly emotional reactions and attachments to this book series. I will never not be convinced that some kind of supernatural deal happened. Like, mm -mm. Crowley's involved. Somehow, some way, something magical creaturey is involved because, like, like okay, there's I'm no way that should be normal. Yeah. I'm on Reddit right now about Twilight because the thought just popped into my head because I remember some hearing someone say that or asking, like, wasn't Twilight originally a fan fiction? The Twilight itself, no. So that so they were talking about was. Twilight itself. Like, I don't think the Shades of Grey is a fan fiction. Yeah, Twilight. no, Twilight Everyone itself is that. not. So, she thought of it in a dream. Yeah, I was going to say that. The, the idea actually came to her in a dream. Mm -hmm. And she was heavily inspired by My Chemical Romance and Muse. Now, there, there's a comment here that's fucking hilarious. And also really fucked up. But... So Stephanie Meyer used MCR as an inspiration, and the movie, when the movies are made, she asked MCR if, they, if the movie could use their music. They refused, and they and wrote a song called "Vampire Money" about it. 
Now, fun fact. Because Gerard Way formed MCR in response to his PTSD from the 9-11 attacks, and because Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight-inspired fanfiction that became its own story, technically 9-11 caused Fifty Shades of Grey. You're welcome. That's also true. There's also a theory that Kermit the Frog is responsible, responsible for 9-11. Responsible for 9-11. Well. Yeah. Um, but, like, like for, for Twilight, it was just... For the the specific, by the way, look, I was deep into the Twilight lore as a teenager. I know oh, yeah. that when she had her dream about Twilight, it was specifically the first meadow scene of Edward and yeah. Bella laying in the meadow talking to each other. That's what their her dream was. And that's what inspired her to write the book because she said she kept having that dream. So, yeah, no, I... And you couldn't... I, I know my I know my Twilight lore. I, I know. It's been so many years and I would prefer to replace that knowledge with something else, but it lives right free <laughs> in my brain, okay? Like it's not going nowhere. That's not going anywhere because that that information was was lodged into your malleable sponge brain at a teenage year, which is why it it's never going to my leave. Skull. It was carved in there. Just and like yeah. I will never not say it. Eclipse was my favorite book. That whole battle scene and the whole mm. baby vampire army. And how they fucked it up in the breaking, movie. And breaking the, Dawn was the biggest disappointment of the whole series. Yes, yes it was. Breaking like, Dawn, I remember like, holding it and getting so close to the end. And I'm like, they're going to fight. But there's just not enough pages left. But this is supposed to be the last. What the fuck happens? And then there just wasn't one. However, Breaking Dawn Part 2 is my favorite Twilight movie. Because yes, they because have of the, the fight. Whole... And yeah. like that was so good. Like that moment you're sitting there in that and you theater. See Carlisle's and fucking like... arrow decapitates Carlisle. Like the shit, the noise people in that theater make. <laughs> yeah. Even I heard my mom go like, what? <laughs> Next to me. Like... The noise people made at watching Carlisle get decapitated. The noise I made at watching yeah. Carlisle get decapitated. Was like, like, that didn't happen? Huh? Excuse me? But it was the best of the movies. Yeah, and, it was. Like, it was by far. Now, the, the books make all of it make more sense. But I will choose the Breaking Dawn movies over the book any day. Because it the was... The book was so disappointing. Because I'm expecting, this, like I said, this big battle. And all of a sudden, it's been it's like just... 400 goddamn pages leading up to a fight that didn't happen. It's just And like... it's just, oh, no. Bella's power is a protection shield. Yeah. So she's like, cool. But the thing is, is it like... leaves this series open for another book. Because he, they talk about how eventually they're going to have to deal with the Volturi and things are going to happen. It That book has enough plot setting to make <laughs> another Twilight book. Now, I want everybody to think about that for a second because I want you to think about how many reboots are happening in the world. <laughs> they're making a new Mean Girls movie. Like, no. Like, no. they're remaking everything they made a new freaky friday movie they're making a new mean girls movie they've re-fucking made everything under the planet how long until stephanie meyer writes her next twilight book i don't need another twilight book written by stephanie meyer all right i, I don't, don't need another twilight book i don't care who writes it fucking i don't i don't know so like tolkien could come up out of the grave and tell me he's going to write the next twilight book and i'd be like please go back down <laughs> no 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 like, better things to do with your afterlife thank you no thank you but um 
So my top books, I think, of the year, if we're doing a top five, um, I think in no particular order, because I don't think I'm going to say, like, I don't know if I have one that, I don't, that to be fair, none of the books I think I've read this year demolished the other ones. I don't think I have anyone that, that just comes up as a clear, this book stood above all other books. Um, I will say the one I probably, one of the ones I devoured the fastest is probably A Court of Mist and Fury. Um, I loved that book. I thought it was fantastic. I'm reading that book and I'm thinking to myself, this is why Ani and Aaron like this series. Holy shit. And -hmm. I was just, just flying through this book. And I, so that is easily in my top five. Um, I'll say Iron Flame is also in there. I know I'm not quite done with it yet. I've got about 150 pages left before I'm done and it's supposed to have a great cliffhanger. I don't know if it does or not, but, um, much better than fourth wing the writing is a lot more mature uh because the fourth wing writing i had a lot of issues with in the first half of the book mostly the sentence structure and word choices that were used um and the some of the grammar was kind of weird um but iron flame definitely over fourth wing i do so iron flame i think does make it into my into my top five so far it's been really good i like the fact that (laughs) when the lead couple has issues because like the guy at the end of the first book some shit happens mm-hmm. and she gets to be mad at him for okay. like more than just like 10 pages she spends like the first 150 pages 200 pages of being mad at him and i liked that i liked the fact that she got to be mad at him and she got to hold him responsible for that in some ways she cave yes she did and did it change anything no it didn't did he get worse right there in the middle and a little bit like that <laughs> in like the three quarter mark yes he did yes yes he did so because like i was texting aaron too and i'm just like the fuck at one point he like he didn't want her to go somewhere like i won't give any spoilers out to anybody who hasn't read it but like he didn't want her to go somewhere and it which was stupid because it was like her going and doing this thing would have like changed the course of the war and in their favor and stuff like that so she takes her family and they go and they go to do this and he's already there but like yeah they show up at this place and like he's already fucking there and he's mad at her for going when he told her not to go and she's like so what am i supposed to do just like hang out and just yeah hang out in your bed all day like a kept pet and he's like well that sounds pretty good to me and i'm like excuse me And and because she was like, just hang out in your bed all day, like a kept pet, like waiting to be like fucked or something like that. And he's like, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. And I'm like, you just told her you think she's a pet and all you want to do with her is fuck her. And that's it. Like, I was, I was really, I was really mad because like his attitude and behavior had really just kind of tanked for a little while. Yeah. That was kind of like the accumulation of it. And like, it gets a little bit, he actually apologizes, which is something book boyfriends don't do. Um, but I will say so far. This is in my top five. It was, it's been really good. Um, I recommend it. Do I think either of the fourth wing books are worth the absolute overall hype of uh, book talk and bookstagram? No, but then again, to be fair, I don't think any book is, I don't think any book that they hype up is as good as it is because you go into those books expecting that much hype. Yeah. It's going to be let down because it is going to be let down. Yeah. Like I thought a court of mist and fury and a court of wings and run fantastic books five stars love them they're still not as good as the hype because the hype is so unrealistic no book is going to hold up to that and i so like i will say 
fourth wing iron flame very good uh in my uh iron flame at least is in my top five um not not the cult following worthy (laughs) but, but i am also impressed she wrote both of them and released both of them in one year so like that's kind of impressive um Another one of the books in my top five is Assistant to the Villain. I really yes. did enjoy that book. I liked that book because if I lived in a fantasy world, that's exactly what I want. That is exactly what I want. That I love every element of it. I didn't, it wasn't one of those books that like I just sped through really fast or that it was just right. like so simple to read for me. Like I just absorbed it all. Like it, that wasn't true, but I loved how different it was it's not a high fantasy it wasn't really a romanticy but it it was much more like a interesting combination of like an office romance with like it really was fantasy D &D style setting and i like the fact that for the most part the twists were interesting and you, you weren't waiting large portions for like something to be thrown at you and i liked the fact that evie is competent yes she's 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 hilarious. She's a little klutzy, but she's not a ditz. And like, you can be hilarious and a little klutzy without just being an absolute tornado disaster, basically. Like he calls her little tornado. And like, to an extent that's, that's true. But is that where Evie's name came? Well, sorry. That is where where, uh, my baby got her name, his name. Um, But like, I like the fact that she's competent. She does things. She knows what she's doing and she can accomplish her things. And like, he's so overwhelmed by everything about her. And he's just like, I don't know how to deal with this, but (laughs) he's like, I I'm so flabbergasted. Like I, I'm like, Like, how did you go from point A to point Y back to point M and end uh up on the other side of the river and it's like, like it, somehow it's working and he's so confused yeah. about it's working. he's like hey but i feel like if if our D campaign was to turn into a book it would be like this and i think that's the thing like if this is our sense of humor like if we were living in a fantasy world this is probably what would happen to us this weird hilarious combination of like actual crazy danger shit and hilarity would be the world that we lived in or the one we would probably choose like if you had to choose a fantasy setting to live in with a chance of survival (laughs) you'd probably choose that one yeah like would would i survive basgaeth in fourth wing no i would not would i survive working in the villain's office (laughs) yeah probably Yeah. yeah so like i like that and i that was something i really enjoyed about it i enjoyed the fact that it just it reads so differently and I like it when books surprise me that way. I like when books read so differently and they surprise you that way. So that one is easily in my top five. Um, but uh, I think beyond that, I don't know so much if other novels super stood out to me. Um, graphic novel series, Spy Family is, it had been a really long time since I'd actually gotten into like uh, an actual manga series that was drew me in uh-huh. like that I actively sought out because like I'll come across a couple volumes of things here and there. It's like, yeah, you know, like whatever. Uh, I actively devouring this book, looking for when the next one's coming out and all that. And, uh, but that one, 
is like it's an ongoing series and everything. The anime is also really good because I've been watching the anime. They've got a movie coming out next year. Um, ah, okay. And it, yeah, it's it's very very good. That one is definitely um, in my top five. Um, I think only got like one more spot for the most part. I would say the next one is probably also a manga. Manga. Um, I'm probably going to go with, uh, I want to be a receptionist in this magical world because that one's a lot like the assistant to the villain. Okay. And I really like the dynamic. They go to a magical school and then like her goal is to be like this really high powered, like magical receptionist for this magic guild and stuff like that. And I really, I like the world building and I like the magic in it and I like the dynamics of everybody. Cause it gives you like that magical school feeling, right? but it develops all of the characters really well. And they actually age. They're aging. Okay. Like they don't do that. And like no anime like ages the characters at all unless it's giant time skips. No, they actually go through progressions of age. And I'm like, holy shit. They don't do that. And it's just so like I really enjoy that. Because I think that was I thought that was really good. So my top five does have two um I get in it. But uh and an honorable I, uh... mention of the villain's day off, just because that is the cutest okay. fucking shit. He's an alien villain invader. And he Ooh. really likes pandas. <laughs> it's Aww. just like, it's just cute. It's just wild and cute. So. Renting my books, my audiobooks from the library mm-hmm. via Libby is definitely, uh, how do I say, how do I say this? I, I, I'm not able to read the books I want to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to read all the books I have, right? Yeah. But like, it's making me really dig into like my TBR. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I want either don't have an audiobook mm-hmm. or it's like a months long wait okay so what i'm are, like what are a couple of the ones that you're like waiting that you so like read? i i really want the jennifer armentrout books to be an audiobook but they're not mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have to read the physical book which is fine yeah it's fine. um i want to read kushiel's legacy like that one that one of like aaron's favorite series because mm-hmm. i've had the first book since like 2009 and i've never touched it <laughs> which is a shame because then we we went to that author's um meet and greet yeah so i'm like here sign this book i've had for like years and i've never read it <laughs> that's fair like i placed a hold on that one and mm-hmm. that won't be available for like weeks maybe mm-hmm. months okay and okay. there's another one that i want which is uh i didn't like the one i sent you um murtaugh yeah or murda from uh the aragon series mm-hmm. now I loved Aragon. The first book, because the movie was garbage, everybody. The movie was garbage. Uh, the first book was slow. The second book, Eldest, was my favorite. Yeah. The third one I've is Brisinger. Yeah, the third one is Brisinger. The fourth one is Inheritance. Like, it's a great saga. Yeah. And I was so excited for Paolini's other book, the to Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I forced myself to read 280 pages of it, and I said, this is garbage like 50 pages of it describing a tree or some shit I like fucking that couldn't. Like, i'm just like i don't it's like, it shows like the the way like some writing can really swing because like the same thing with king of battle and blood like it shows that some authors can write fantastic books but still have the capabilities of writing books that just just suck just don't do it but so. i recently found out that um there's another there's, a, there's another book in the Aragon verse. 
yeah. called Murtaugh. So Murtaugh is his, is Aragorn's, spoilers everyone, is his brother. Or like no. half-brother or whatever, right? And he's the main character, well, he's uh, the main quote-unquote bad guy mm-hmm. in uh, the second one. Like, he's just, poor Murtaugh. He's been brainwashed and manipulated and blah, blah, blah. He just, he really is the morally gray, like, it's his morally gray origin story, basically. Yeah. So when I found out that there's a book just about Murtaugh, after everything that happened with the battle with Aragon, I'm like, I need to read this I love Murtaugh. And I placed the hold on that one, too. Okay, that's cool. So I'm waiting for those. It'll be probably next year by the time I get it, but it's fine. Yeah. But I have, I'm going to start the last of the Parasol Protectorate okay. tomorrow. And then cool. I was just looking through Libby to see what I can find that I can read next. Uh, The Cemetery Boys. Aaron really enjoyed it, so I'm gonna. I want to read it. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I was really hoping that I could find uh, the Zodiac Academy because I really want to read the Zodiac Academy. Because like, oh yeah, wow. I haven't thought about that series in a little while. Like my friend Anna loves them. Yeah. Like Aaron read the first one, couldn't stand it, didn't read it, and like I told Anna, I'm like, listen, I want to read this series. She's like, it is amazing. I'm like, my friend said the first one. She's like. I'm like, oh, my friend Delaney get And Anna's first question is, did she only read the first one? I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's why. <laughs> that's fair. Like, okay. So that's like, how I people react when like I didn't, I didn't like Akatar. It's like, did you just read the first one? Like, yeah. It's just like, that's why. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, I want to read those, but they're not on Libby, and so it's, it's fun. It's interesting to like have me go through all my stuff and. Uh, uh, you're moving through those books like you're moving I am I'm I'm reading a book in like a couple days yeah you're moving through it really fast which is the nice part about the you know the community drive but like so let's the parasol let's, books hang on the parasol books are like nine to ten hours long yeah but like Empire the Vampire was like 21 hours yeah because a big book and the, the other two the one that I have on hold the Kushio's uh dart Right? That one and the Murtaugh one are like 21, 22 hours, 25 hours long. I'm like, it's gonna take me weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's a long, that's a long book. And I'm so slowly let- upping my, uh, my speed on how fast I listen to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I started, the first one, it was like at pace one, like just average. And I'm like, this goes so slow. I'm like, yeah. no one talks this slow. And then I got, I'm, I'm now like 1.3. Okay. That's cool. Takes oh! less time. That reminds me, I get to finally finish Foxglove King because I have my audio <laughs> hours back from Spotify. <laughs> there you go. I haven't used any yet. I need to. I have to find something to, to so listen rude. to. So rude! I'm like three chapters away and it's like, you used up all your audiobook time. I'm like, I'm three chapters away! <laughs> Bastard! Have you been updating your, your Goodreads with all the yes. books that you've been finishing? Yes, as soon as I finish it and I return it, Back to the library, I go to Goodreads and I'm like, I've read it. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> so we've spent an hour and a half talking about books. So let's talk about yeah. the podcast. <laughs> it's true. Because that's kind of the point. Um, what are some of your favorite episodes that we've done? Episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's 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 I'll, look to... I'll start while you while you look at it. My probably my favorite episode of the year 
is the Smasher Pass episodes that we did. <laughs> I fucking got the biggest kick on the planet out of like watching you and Aaron react to anime characters, knowing you didn't know most of them and just knowing all of the racks. I'm like, <sighs> it was hilarious. And then for me to go back and listen to the one where you and Aaron presented me with fantasy characters <laughs> and after I read Akatar, And I gotta be honest, some of my opinions stand, okay? <laughs> so like, some of those opinions just stood and it's just like, mm, okay. But that was hilarious for me to like go back and get to listen to it and just be like, yeah, you know what? Or just like, ooh, oh no, my opinion really changes. <laughs> real different. But I think Smasher Pass, I absolutely love that. We've been in talks. Um, I actually don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but I sent it because I sent it today. Um, I saw somebody doing online on Instagram something that was kind of like a Disney version of, and so I was, I put it into the, the group chat and Aaron's really down for the idea of us doing a Disney guy smasher pass episode. So it might be something to look forward to in oh February. Oh boy. The furry comments are going to start rolling with that one. I didn't say we had to fucking pick the beast. I was thinking more like, hey, Tarzan, or like- Okay, but like, my first, my, the, before you even said Beast, Beast didn't even enter my mind. I went straight to Robin Hood. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but like, who didn't have a crush on him when you were a kid? Like, why the fox hot? Like, I don't know. The fox is hot, man! Like, I think the same thing about uh, the fox from Zootopia. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, shit. So, Nick. no, we need to, I think, because you know we were going to do that other episode with, like, the dating profiles and stuff. Like, I think we should yes. do Disney Master Pass. I'm done. I'm down. I'm down. We can, we can always save the other one for, like, uh, the, yes. the dating profile ones for a different time. But I think Disney Master Pass is something we will be presenting in the future. Oh, um, yeah. I, I need to write In that. February. Because I enjoyed the smasher pass episode so much it was so much fun i loved making the powerpoint for it and everything it was so so fun to get to describe these characters to you to, and aaron and sometimes just the most unhinged characters <laughs> i will say you guys had great like crazy radar you know, like this person's <laughs> living on my crazy person radar. Like you immediately passed on Orochimaru. You passed on like Hisoka and all that stuff. Or, and uh, it's just like, yeah, no, that was. You guys are you guys did pretty good for <clears throat> for like never having heard of these characters. So, but that was really really a lot of fun for me. Um, beyond that, I would say my next favorite episode. We've done so many. So technically, Smasher. Oh, they were talking about this year, not this season. I'm sorry. I was looking. Yeah, at this. this year. Okay, so this year. Uh, apparently, llamas with hats, hats was really popular. So glad I made you watch that. I had like I have another one that I think is gonna get a lot of attention. So okay. we should do it. Okay. All right, mine. Oh boy. Smasher Pass was fun. Yes. Um. I mean, my big fat Greek wedding will always hold a yeah. special place in my Listening heart. Listening to you and Aaron in that episode <laughs> like, was like top tier. 
Like, I honestly, we could have just fucking muted the movie and just let you and Aaron recite, like, reenact the whole of all movies we should, or like episodes we should have done with video. Like, it should have should have been that one. That one. Like, she, like, and, and the amount of times in conversations that you guys make references to that. that I did not understand before we rewatched that movie. Like I've seen my big factory. I'd seen mm-hmm. it more than once before we watched it, but it had been like a decade and then some, and like now your guys' references made so much worse. Cause now I can be like, Oh, some my big factory wedding reference. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. yeah. I know where that's going. Like I always knew they were references. I just couldn't have told you what they were for, but now like the two of you make more sense to me now. <laughs> So, <laughs> my mom one of my proudest moments with my mom and she, when she made a pop culture reference was granted i i got in trouble uh-huh. but uh i was in i was with my ex-fiance and i hadn't told her i was going out there she thought i was going somewhere else and i just kind of beeline that way and i remember sitting on his mom's couch and my mom calls me and she's like how's your pottery class and i'm like I am at the same time both mortified and so proud. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm oh. in trouble, but <laughs> I'm so proud of you for making that reference. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Velocipaster is on that list for me. Oh, God, I'd forgotten we'd watch that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just because there was so much what the fuckery going on. I did love inflicting that on you. I will be completely honest. I really enjoyed inflicting that on you. That was fun. A lot of my favorites are the ones that just get a lot of emotion from us in mostly the what the fuck are we doing? (sighs) We've watched a lot of those. I know. Uh, The Black Cauldron. I will say is also one of my favorites. Of that, yeah, that was really good. I was the parallels to Akatar were so unexpected, and it just made that we movie are in, entirely different. We are in the worlds of Prydian. It that and yeah. Prithian, that one was really Prydain, really good. Or whatever the like, fuck it's I, called. Yeah, and like <clears throat> that was really really good. Like I liked the fact <clears throat> that like I liked the movie already, but like getting to like watch this movie and just draw these very obvious parallels were just like the and like to the point that you're just kind of like okay did sarah j mouse just have like a serious like <laughs> love of this movie because like what the fuck and when we said that to Erin, and she's like no no mm-hmm. no and i'm like no you need to watch it again yeah it's like no you need eye. to listen to this and like watch the movie at the same time because like yeah no no but one of my other favorite ones, besides D&D, because they're always my favorite, is um, yeah. the color brain game. <laughs> the rage of betrayal <laughs> of, like, these things not being colored the way I think they are is just <laughs> so rude. It's just so fucking rude. And it was just like, mm, okay. But I'm on, on piggybacking off of that, one of my favorite ones was the Disney trivia where that you were one, doing yeah. Disney. That was so cool because like you know so much about Disney and just like things I like I'm so glad that wasn't a versus kind of I would have just you would have 
demolished me. But like, it was so fun for me to like get to read the answers and be like, the fuck is that? And you were just like, yes, 100%. Here we go. Let's go. And I'm just like, is that, thing, is that something people know? Where have I been? Is that something people know? And you're just like, yeah. And you're just well, like all the like all the OG Disney questions about Mickey Mouse and stuff, yeah, right over my head. Like that is where Jessica would be thriving. Yeah, but I'm just like, ah, you give me like the 80s, late 70s, and and on, and I I got you. Yeah, yeah. Some of those questions, like from the early early black and white like ones, were just kind of like. Is that a thing? Like, who is yeah. that? Like, Mickey Mouse has a sister. Like, he has a what? <laughs> he has a sister. Right? That was weird. So The, uh. the D&D tea time is one that I have mixed feelings about. <laughs> and you know exactly why. You cause... didn't ask any fucking questions! <laughs> I know! And it still pisses me off. I'm like, I need to know about Aunt Lucinda. I need yeah. to know. I need to know about my, my about my parents. Uh-huh. I need to know about my lineage. No, you didn't. I was I didn't so ask... prepared for you and Aaron to ask me just plot spoilery questions. You didn't ask any goddamn. We had a brain fart. We were just like, uh, like, and that, like, it wasn't even that you were unprepared for there to be questions available. I warned you guys ahead of time. Like, yeah, you can ask me. Questions. What do you want to know? Things that could hint into the plot later. Things that nah. might impact your characters later. Nah. Things like we hey, just went super dumb. Who are the illithids that are attacking us? Why are they attacking us? Where's the fucking magical well of power in the city? What's with Aunt Jacinda? Does she really see things? Like, how did my parents meet? Like, just nah. Who's Jazara's dad? Like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. no I'd say just, we went real stupid. Um, just like, I, I will admit I, the art for that episode is my favorite we've done this year. Um, that I love the art for that episode, the Disney tea time, or not the, not the Disney, the D&D tea time. I love the art for that. Um, but like yes i i thought it was just i did think it was hilarious because like the looking back at the that like the episode moments and things like that that was really fun but like just the absolute i'm sitting here with like fucking pandora's box and you're just like just like, no and that that was um, funny to me and i'm just like maybe it's a good thing because like i mean granted i wouldn't have answered everything right for spoilery purposes but you know like there's so many more elements now of like hey you could ask about elfindrin if we had like if we did another one another one episodes and stuff like that but why well, <clears throat> forget about him and just go straight to, all i want to know is on jucinda <laughs> just all like i, I would like a four hour regaling <laughs> of aunt jucinda's entire life thank yeah. you like how many mushrooms does she eat? <laughs> how does she take her mushrooms? Like mm. just, just like is 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 she smoking them? Is she just eating them straight up? Like mm. how many do you things have things we eat? need to know? Like how many do what's you have to limit? eat in order to like <clears throat> see the things she's she seeing? does, right? Like what's what's the limit? What um, combination of mushrooms results in you throwing ribbons at a window? Like just because <laughs> you know mm. Val would start like experimenting. Well, <clears throat> Aaron, well, Val, or not, well, 
Yes. Asha. And, but like Asha has a bunch of random ass mushrooms in her pack that y'all That's have true. never done anything with. That's true. I keep forgetting we have shit in our pack. But speaking of art, my favorite art that I have made mm-hmm. for this year, I'll say my top three okay. is um, Treasure Planet. That's beautiful. That is a beautiful piece. Like that one encapsulates that. If you had taken out the words Treasure Planet, I would still know exactly, exactly what, what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's Treasure Planet, um, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. It's just the Jurassic just, Park. Yeah, that one's just really the stick cool. figure on the top of the car that just says, please, must go faster. It's completely like, defeated. That, <laughs> I love that one. That one was Because I couldn't find one that was like on their arm propped up. So it's just him lying yeah. down on the car like, yeah. That is really good. I do like that one. Um, what else do I? I'm very proud of. Most of the D and D art is you, so hats off I, to that. I've, I, that I never spend more time on our art than I do for D and D episodes because I try to relate them to the episode, and I just spend so much time. On it. <laughs> it's just like I just love doing that one. One of my, um, I won't pick any of the ones specifically D&D because I do like most of them. Um, I really liked the Smasher Pass one. Yes. The art for those. Those two I thought were really good. Um, I also like the, um, the, 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 the Halloween Town. That, I don't understand how you got that town so accurately. That was so <laughs> good. I'm just like, I'm like. I spent like 20 minutes sitting there town. with like. like I just I had like so many pages in Canva open. Yeah. And I'm just like I like I and I just search all the graphics for like a town or something. I'm like mm-hmm. I have all of them and I'm like something needs to feel right. And so I found that yeah. one. That one. And like that was so good. Like I'm staring at that. I'm like that that is actually <laughs> the town. That is the <laughs> shit that is in that town. Like I was I just kept staring at it when you said it to me and I'm like it, was there just like an outline like you put in Halloween Town and I gave you an outline of the actual fucking town or like no like that was really good and I'm just like fuck okay shit my other favorite one is the Winnie the Pooh one that I did that is horrifying solely solely because of Jessica's comment she's like congrats that, you made the most horrifying thing on the planet I'm like yes she's not wrong though, <laughs> because that that encapsulates how horrifying that movie was because that movie was horrifying i also like i do like the art for llamas with hats i will yes all the little llamas exploding in the background (laughs) i just think that's i showed that to my mom and like the first time she saw it she didn't realize those were llamas in the background the second time she's like are those llamas and i'm like yes 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 Yes, they they are are. that is a (laughs) shit that took me so long to put all of those little llamas in that background but uh yes yes absolutely i will say the the um, bloody footprints in in my house that's what Carl, why are there bloody footprints in my house? Oh, I thought you were talking about in your oh, house. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize you were no, like, what's happening over there? Okay. There's <laughs> bloody footprints uh, in my house. It's fine. No. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, I will say one of the things of art that took me a little longer to appreciate was the um, Death Becomes Her. I didn't uh, realize it was a dress. <laughs> I didn't realize, you didn't realize it, was a, it was a dress. I look at it and I see Magneto's helmet. 
And that's all I see. <laughs> and the first time you showed it to me, I just thought you were like being kind of abstract with it or like whatever. And then like, I just like, I'm, cause all I could see is like Magneto's helmet. And I'm like, she didn't make Magneto's helmet. That's not what it's for. It's just like an abstract like, design thing. And then you, we were talking about the episode, I think not long after it came out. And you're like, yeah, well, like with the, around the dress. And I'm like, dress. Oh, dress. Oh, it's <laughs> not Magneto's helmet. This is not X-Men. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a silhouette of a dress with a big hole in the middle because they got the shotgun through it and the, the poaching. And, like, yeah. it makes so much fucking sense in that context. But all I think about when I saw it, I was like, Magneto, 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 X-Men Magneto, Magneto. And I'm just like, that's all I see. And when I first look at this image, that is always the first thing that pops into my head. And then I'm like, it's, it's a dress. Be be a realistic person. It is a dress. She did not make Magneto's helmet for fucking Death Becomes Her movie. No. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And it's just like, my, I am moving away slightly from the art back to the episodes themselves. One of my other favorite episodes that we did was Dusk. That was yes. fucking hilarious. Dusk First is, of all, Amber, one, I love having Amber on. Like, that was great. Having her on there. Getting to see, like, everybody as we reacted to this. Her um, little, we, like, face that she makes it, that every, like, sexual new one just the yeah i love it i love it like i really like it i also really like the art for that one i thought that because that one was one you and i did together because together. like you made it we went and back and I, forth uh, that one. I added stuff to it yeah yeah so like i really like that one because you and i don't tend to actually do collaborative arts very often we tend mm -hmm. to just like one of us does it from start to finish or like yeah. maybe have like a comment here or there like hey could you just like change the color of this or just move yeah, this yeah, slightly yeah. here and there for the most part you and i don't fully collaborate on the images themselves um i think because we're both like so picky <laughs> about it and like how they look and stuff like we that. also have a different art style so like... we do so and because like we don't go back and forth with them very often but i think when they like with the dusk image they turn out really good when we do yeah and because like we see what the other is trying to accomplish yeah. and we're like i know how to do that and sometimes you and I will do art and like, we'll be trying to make one for, and it's just not not clicking. happening. And yeah. then the other person just be like, you just, we just have to pass it off. Like I've definitely yeah. passed ones off to you. It's like, I and can't I've done it to you. Or I'm just like, I can't fucking figure this out. Yeah. Like I like think I did one... that with um, Legally Blonde. I could not fucking figure out what to do with it. And I just sent it to you. Yeah. Like, Immediately. Here you go. You, I think you sent for Legally Blonde, like three different ones that were all really good. And we picked from it. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes, like you said, like, it's the other way around. Like, you'll just be like, I, I, have a really I, hard I was having such a hard time with uh, the D&D, the fine line between diplomacy and war. I yeah. just couldn't bring that down the middle. Like, I was like, I don't know how to fucking do this. Yeah, that one. I usually, with the D&D episodes, I usually have an idea of what I want in them. Like, before we do the, because I know what's going to happen in the, in the episodes, at least the, the loose idea. So sometimes I even make them in advance. But... I, I love, play those are the images I like to be more dramatic with yeah. and more like detail oriented with because I like them to connect to specific parts of the episodes and be really, because like the other ones are just kind of like, you know, like you look at it and then you think of this movie or like you look at it and like you think of this idea or, you know, like they'll have some references and stuff like that. But these ones, I, I like to, to create art with them. And it's the only time yeah. I'm not just creating something for, for like I like to, to be art of the episode and kind of like I try I'm trying to like put in visual format what I picture in my head mm -hmm. and like as, as the DM like as, I don't have any real drawing skills I'm trying to like put into visual format 
for you and Aaron and people yep. who like watch the episodes or listen to them and stuff like that. <clears throat> so that people can like try to visualize what I'm visualizing. So like that's, those are always like, I'm always super picky. Like I will usually just like, you know, like I'm done with an, an episode art and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like we want to change it. The D&D the &D ones, I'm just so specific about. Like, like I made the one for the Festival of the Dragon Scales and I knew yeah. you were going to enjoy that because it's yeah. just a goose with mm -hmm. a fucking flamethrower coming out of its ass. That's and I'm fair. like, yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. I like using Sir Goosington in them because I don't, there's nothing that encapsulates any of our characters. So like, I just prefer to put Sir Goosington in. Because he encapsulates the whole. Yeah, thing. he encapsulates the, the, the party as a whole. And, uh, you know, like, I don't usually use Myth because Myth has very specific ears in my head. Yes. He has bat wing ears. Yeah. So, like, I don't use him because then you have to make the ears. That's such a pain. Like, the art I have for Myth was such a pain to make the ears. But uh, he looks really cute, though, so that's fine. Well, the um, good part is you can um, just copy-paste That's Myth true. from where he is to another one. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, like, that one. So, I, t I take the that the art for the D&D episodes the most seriously. Um, the rest of them are just like a fun, a fun thing to do. But the D&D ones are like, I will spend a couple hours <laughs> just being like, this is not something I can do quickly. So, um, you know, and like just sometimes they're just a back and forth kind of situation. Like we said, like sometimes it's just hard to put it together. Yeah. Um, I think Smash or Pass was another one of those too. Yeah, I just couldn't get it. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know why. And just like for some reason, the phone thing popped into my head and just yeah. like there we go so and like sometimes it works but luckily for us it's worked out really well where if i can't figure it out you just immediately have something for it and vice versa like we've done really well with that um but we've done we've done a lot this year we'll have another series of live videos next year like we did earlier this year because we will once again be together Yay. once again in oh what what was it in in 96 days 96 days so like it's luckily we both live in the disney states so like a reason for yeah. you guys to come out here and like i mean not that i need a reason to go out to california but right you know it's, oh it's, um speaking of the visits i believe we're going to be pushing tokyo to 26. okay so you will still be coming here for your birthday for uh your graduation <laughs> okay 20 and 25 you will be coming here yes yeah yeah that would be one of the times when i'd come to see you 26 technically you guys would come to see me but if we're all going to tokyo more, gives me a little more time too yeah gives us all a little bit more time yeah i'll be graduated by then too so because before know. it would have been it would have been i still would have been working on it and i wouldn't have graduated yet so we have to plan something big to do while you're here in 25. that's true like i don't know when i'm coming out in 25. um i know but like it's your graduation year and it's like we must celebrate yeah and if, and if i don't pass the dissertation the first time i'm not going to try again so i'm still gonna call you dr other. mad like it's one fine. way or you the other it'll be done so like like your that fucking professor is nuts so like not you not need to change your whole fucking dissertation for this one class no i do not my <laughs> no, like the, the class isn't even about my dissertation either it's just like she does one of the classes right before the dissertation and like my dissertation is supposed to be about creating standards in digital curation so for online museums libraries mm -hmm. whatever for accessibility access 
and across language barriers. And she's like, you should pick one single museum and you should also gender it. So do gender studies for it. And I'm like, like it defeats the purpose. It's supposed to be about access for everyone, not just like how, cause like she kept just talking about picking one museum and how women have been responsible for like that one museum having better access. And I'm like, that's not the point at all, at but all. Then you know what you need to write for your paper for that? Hmm. You write about Evelyn from the mummy. <laughs> there, how a yeah. woman has made a library more accessible and better. Evelyn O'Connell. There you go. Fair enough. There is your answer. But Fuck like it it just it drove me nuts. It really drove because like literally no other professor I have talked to here at the school, like and that I've told about that has thought there was any kind of an issue. Not a single one. And she seemed surprised that like public history that you're was even the there. Well, no, she seemed surprised that public history was the direction I'm going in. Like, why are you surprised? Like, you, why are you, like, that was one of the draws of me coming here is you guys let me study public history and not a time period. But then again, these comprehensive exam classes, I have two for American history and then the next two will be uh, European history. And she said to me, she didn't understand why any of us had to take it because none of us were going to be European historians. I'm like, you don't know that. Just because we live in the United States doesn't mean that somebody's specialty isn't it's gonna be in like European history. France history or English history or like, I don't fucking know, oh. like Prussian history or something like that. But like that, that really just drove me nuts. That oh. was probably, that's a low point in my year. I will say that. I'll look back at my year. That was oh. one of the low points because I spent 45 minutes listening to this woman tell me all the things that were wrong with my dissertation. And I'm like, I haven't written it. I haven't written it yet. And it's just like, and she wants me to go into detail about the history of it. I'm like, yeah, I, I did that. There's a hundred pages of it in my master's thesis. That was the point of the master's thesis, but it was just stupid. That was probably one of my, <laughs> my low points of the year. So, so we've talked about books. We've talked about, like episodes and things like that that we've done this past year um so let's look at some of the things we're looking forward to next year what kind of uh events or episodes or things like that are you looking forward to us doing next year well first of all i'm uh excited to hopefully find a better platform to record on yeah podcast um, while you have betrayed me for the final time i know um I mean, we brought it up now, but I'm excited for the uh, Disney Smasher Pass. Um, Disney Smasher Pass is definitely something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the, like, well, for one, just seeing you guys when you come out here, but yes. like doing some more live video. Like, it was fun to do like the live videos and just, you know, kind of like actually say, hey, yeah. look, we can We're together physically be within touching this, this lady. Like, I can just poke her. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's 2009 and poking people uh, the poke the wars on in, on facebook yeah oh god I'm i was thinking about like the the ones when we, like dude and like my whole high school it's just like poke poke mm. physically people just poke oh each other. yeah i just remember that that was my that was the the time when everyone was poking each other on facebook and you would that was weird that I'm was like, super like they would poke each other and was like why did you poke me <laughs> sorry lol i'm just so random and then it just uh, goes back and forth like oh god 
You want to you want an early 2000s flashback? You ready? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Rar. Lol rar. Lol rar. Sorry, I'm so random. Hearts and XOXO rar, yeah. Pretty sure I just had PTSD flashbacks <clears throat> with that one. Um, an episode I think I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, I would say I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to more of the Armenian dating show. I want us to garner enough attention of having those episodes out that they put you on that fucking <laughs> show. Why have they not called you? What the fuck? You filled out the application. Let's go. I know. And all of, and like you and Aaron, uh, like, where like your mom would get such a kick out of sitting there being so judgy against these but like i'm so disappointed that i did not contact you to do the next season like where the fuck you live like in the exact area you need to you've got all of the people that you need like what the hell like they can do this in 2025 and that's why i'll be i'll come out to california that's what they'll do it's like 2025 i'll come out to california you'll be on the show that's why i'll come out there I am excited for more of those because that just means that Talad and Aaron and all of us are going to be together. So that's yes. yeah, because Aaron wasn't with us for the first. She one. she couldn't make it the first one. Yeah, so this time we'll have Aaron involved, which will be good. Um, and just putting Aaron and Talad together is hilarious because you know like those videos on Instagram that have like the different zodiacs breakdown and how they all act. Mm-hmm. Talad and Aaron are both Virgos. Talad is September six. Aaron is September eleven. Uh, September. Uh, 12. Sorry, September 12. I'll cut out this. <laughs> yeah. Aaron is September 12, Tala September 6, and I'm a Capricorn. And they usually put all those, they put, they always put the Virgos and the Capricorns together. And I'm like, that is us. Like, you know those videos where they say, me and my best friend, if we were at work, and yeah. one, you know, just nothing ever gets done? That is the three of us. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> I, with those kinds of things too, like, I feel like that, like the, the Zodiac stuff, they're always like, super hit or miss for me because i think july leo is a lot different than like august August leo Leo. yeah because like august leo is like the showboating like center of attention and i'm just like don't perceive don't look at me don't perceive my existence thank you so but at the same time say nice things yeah but yeah, yeah, we have had a lot of great episodes this year. We've done a lot of interesting things. Like you've gone, you went to a pink concert this year. I, I got to go see Nad Pod live this year uh, again. The second time I've seen them. Um, I went to the Barnes Courtney concert, and uh, which was weird. It, it had its moments of the music was good. He did fall off the stage. The sound did keep going out. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, and every single day that I'm still in Florida reminds me of why I would like to move closer to the West coast. Yeah, that's so. true. I, you're right. I did do a lot of stuff this year, like a lot of concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel uh, like every other day I talk to you and you're like, well, I'm doing this today. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay sure like, you know what's hilarious the one weekend where like geneva and i were both gone because we went to vegas for the festival mm-hmm. it's like the one weekend where erin had nothing planned yeah like she had a I free was... weekend and she's like what do i do 
I was texting her that weekend because I was like, hey, what are you up to? And she's like, well, it's weird. There's a hole in my social calendar. <laughs> and I'm like, I was just thinking to myself, like, oh, that's right. Some people have social calendars. <laughs> I don't. Oh, don't. If you, move don't. Out, if you move out here, you will have a social calendar. I will have a social calendar. I will not be nearly as social as either of you. No. But... I have like, tr- I have done this to Aaron and Geneva. Like I am yes. the reason Geneva has left the house. I mean that's fair. Mostly I just can't afford to continuously leave the house. So just especially if I live in California. My God. I know. Just I like in all honesty, like I'm aiming for like Nevada Phoenix. or Arizona, yeah. somewhere in there. Just because it's, I could afford to live there. I can't afford to live in California. So I mean, it's only an hour flight to Vegas. So I mean, that's, that's fair. I wouldn't me. fly in and out of California. I'd drive, but sure. Yeah. I absolutely hate the drive into Vegas. So I will fly. That's fair. That's I valid. hate that fucking drive. But, but yeah. uh, I'm excited yeah. to see what else we come up with this year. Obviously, for the ever growing plot of the podcast, uh, for not the podcast, the D campaign but that's true also the podcast just the rap spotify wrapped has definitely shown us how much we've grown and i think it's bonkers um i will say we do have for january um and we might do a poll on this later before it actually happens but has been hotel is coming out we have done um we did hell of a boss and we'll, we'll do a poll to see if people are interested in us doing like actually the episodes of has been hotel or if you're more interested in like a live instagram story thing okay. for has been hotel instead um of us doing the episodes because many many hiatus for D as we've been having technical difficulties with our recording system when it comes to D episodes which is stupid because they're not any different than the other episodes it's just they only lose audio for my yeah. episodes so which is annoying it's so yes annoying. so there is there is a little bit of a gap um november did not have a D episode and um at this point that we are recording this i'm uncertain if december will have one either um but there's not going to be Sorry, any gap in content just a gap maybe in that particular series and pick it up when we have a more reliable system because like i can re-record anything that we watch we can re-record tea times and things like that even games i cannot re-record dnd because we will not roll the same story like the fun plot points and yeah things like we, that. Will, we won't roll the same yeah well the, the discovery of plot points and things like that is like can't be redone the genuine reactions can't be redone so um, I am working on that one, but they might be on hiatus just for a little while. And in the meantime, um, we might be replacing it with just something else. Maybe has been hotel if uh, the hiatus for D and D continues into January. Um, I, I I'm all I'm all for uh, has been hotel. So I'm very <laughs> curious to see what it it's going to be like in the format for Amazon. So like I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And Vivzy Pop, you know, she does really good. That's right. Yeah. Vivzy Pop does some really good stuff. She's been working really hard on it. So I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. Um, and we may do a poll too, to see if at some point you guys would like us to pick up, um, Hell of a Boss season two. 
so because that is out in the world we do have to finish the legend of vox machina which i would like to finish at some point <gasps> um season one i don't know if we'll pursue season two uh, mostly because i know they're likely going to do all of the seasons for campaign one and campaign one was so long amazing but so long um so we'll at the very least wrap up season one for those who are interested in that so we're going to play around with our content a little bit we only have so many episodes we can release uh because we release every thursdays there's just only so many thursdays in a year um but yeah so we were going we're gonna try some new things wrap up some old things and test some waters in probably some different ways if you guys have any recommendations for episodes you'd like to see series you would like to see us continue or even if you tell us like you don't want us to do a season two of something that's fine too just come by our instagram uh, at the sorry not sorry generation and just let us know just hit us up talk to us let us know what you thought of our season or our year and uh, what your favorite episodes were what you're looking forward to what you any recommendations you have for what you'd like to see next from us because we're always open to those recommendations and any games you'd like to see us play sequels you'd like to see us do for series that we've maybe finished already um yeah just totally hit us up you can find a bunch of like bonus content on our website at sorry not sorry generation um dot wix site so you guys can check out a lot of, we've got or you playlists. can make it easier on yourselves and just type into google sorry not sorry generation wix it'll pop up or you can just go to our instagram link tree, link tree our link tree. that everything. has everything um our store will likely be rotating merch soon if it hasn't already by the time this episode comes out mostly just because i'm not sure if there's actually still anything in our store or if it's gone away already um, i don't true. know but uh yeah so we will the things that we release in the store are limited and will not be coming back uh unless by large request. popular demand yeah so <clears throat> which is a much better phrase than large request <laughs> <laughs> but um if you guys have any other suggestions if you guys would like us to do more live videos if you'd like us to like i saw like one cover person, certain content by all means tell us yeah cover certain content do you want us to do like readings of things do you want us to play games on lives or something like that like just different stuff we've got all kinds of things we've got uh playlists like i have one and then ani has one and we have a joint playlist as well if you guys want me to make a playlist for D, &D we can do that too um yeah, just, why not? There's also a bunch of like bonus content D D information. There's a shit ton of bonus content D D information. Let me just be very clear. There's a shit ton of extra information. If you are enjoying our D D campaign, um, you can go ahead and check that out too. But yeah, we are more than happy to hear from you guys whenever you want. Our Instagram is pretty active, all things considered, at least a couple of times a week. Uh, we're putting some things out there, so go check us out. Go say hi, and um, and for the record, like Spotify Wrapped is well over at this point. But if we were in your top podcast for the year, please you. post about it and at us. We would love to see it. We would love to connect with some of you. And just from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. We were in 
so many people's top podcasts this year. We've had extraordinary growth for the podcast all over the it's world. It's insane. It was amazing. <laughs> We've seen all kinds of countries that we never expected the podcast to make it to. And just absolutely amazing. And a special shout out to Swamp Thing and the just, Yeti. Just because, like, we got to love our cryptids on this. So we love our cryptids. The fact that we still have cryptids. I love it. Swamp Thing is a regular. I don't know who you are, Swamp, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a bright red dot on our analytics page. So. Yes. So, like, congrats to Sp uh, Swamp Thing because you are top tier. Thank you very much. So, but, yeah. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank you for just enjoying this as much as we do. Like we've just, had so much fun doing this. I think there for a little while, it is about the only thing that Audie and I enjoyed doing. <laughs> so she's not wrong. So like this, like is I still obviously look forward to recording once a week, but you know, like it's been a long year, but also a quick year and also a weird year, but this the year on the podcast has been phenomenal. We've seen so much happen and so many interesting things. We've watched a bunch of weird shit. We took new approaches to some of the holidays. We included new holidays into this as well. Like we did Armenian History Month for the first time. And which personally, I absolutely adored. I love doing that. I thought that was so much fun. And we're going to see what 2024 has in store for us. God, so. I'm going to be 34 Sometimes I forget you're several years older than me and not just I'm like two years older than two. you. I yeah. am two years older than you. I'm 31 and yeah, so you're 33, so soon to be 34. I'm two and a half years older than you. All right, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, but yeah. And then Erin's the middle ground, isn't she? Yeah, she's, a year, she's a year older than you and a year younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> it works. I'm not, it's like, I was going to say, I'm not used to being the younger of my friends, but that's not true. I'm always the younger of my friends. It's, I'm I, the tallest, but the youngest. So, at one point, I was the youngest when yeah. I was friends. When I was hanging out with Tawny and her brother and all and her and their friends. Yeah, but <clears throat> I was the second oldest in my friends from high school because Nadine is five days older than me. Mm -hmm. But with all my other friends now, I'm in the older group because i'm older than Geneva by a month i'm older than aaron i'm older than you i'm older than jessica i'm older than jack <laughs> uh. yeah so but yeah like it's it's it is weird there's always it's always that dynamic because my lens older than me ariel's older than me you and aaron are all older than me and all that so yeah i don't think it was that was true in high school i think i had a lot of friends in the younger years but since high school yeah everybody's Fair. older than i am so maybe it's just because i don't tolerate immaturity <laughs> like from that the young that is valid that is valid so, always trying like, to like the people who are older than me so me learn like just learning how to work with gen z is interesting i don't think gen z confuses me i think gen alpha does i watched a video where a gen zer was interviewing like her gen alpha sister and friend who's like asking them questions about slang that i have just fucking never heard at least i've heard of gen z slang like slay and bet and like all that yeah great the shit that Riz. was coming out of these yeah. these like 11 year olds and i'm just like because she the gen z was like she's like so can i say slay and they're like you don't actually seriously say slay 
still, do you? And I'm just like, is that out? Is that like, when did that get out? Like, okay. And like the laughing, crying emojis apparently is just super cringe now. Um, and but I it's guess, so accurate. Like, yes, I'm laughing, but I'm crying about it. Like, like, well, and I guess one of their new slang words is like so preppy. Like that's so preppy. And I'm just, I don't know what that means. They described it and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Cause it does not mean like it, like, cause something is preppy. When I think preppy, I'm thinking like Ivy League from the nineties. Like you got your, your polo shirts, your khaki and like, uh, shorts. But they your, were describing like, yeah. Like they were describing like things. And one of them was like, she's like, and the Gen Z was like, so like this lip gloss would be like, so, and they're like, no, that's like so vanilla girl. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I, vanilla girl. And I'm like, I understand what being vanilla is. And I'm just like, but like in the context and I'm just like, how do you, what? <laughs> so yes, Gen Z, I think is starting what? to get the effects of the younger generation coming at them for their slang too. And I just, yeah, like, a I'm part of the that... video made me like laugh really hard. Cause I'm like this, you laughed at us for our slang and now it's happening to you. Like at a much I, younger age. Sorry, Gen Z. Like, I'm looking at some of these things and I don't even know what any of this means. You're so skibbity. I've heard skibbity. I cannot fucking tell you you're what it means. You're but so heard phantom it. tax. I just want to be your Sigma. What the fuck is sticking out your giat for the Rizzler? What is, what is happening? <laughs> oh, no one really knows the meaning of skibbity. Cool. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? Riz and Sigma. Like, I know yeah. what Riz is because of Gen Z. You know, charisma. Riz. Yeah. Gen Alpha declares Gen Z slang terms are out. No. Absolutely like, I'm, not. I'm just now learning all of the Gen Z slang. But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to even try to keep up with it. I'm just like, like, like slay, I, just thought- I understand. Like, the Gen Z ones, like, I get it. I'm seeing. I'm seeing what you're talking about. That you know. Oh, you you still say slay? Yeah. Do you see the video with like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I don't. And they seem so appalled that she still uses these slang words. And I'm like, educating their elder uh, millennial about the do's and don'ts of staying on trend linguistically. The pair, the younger ones, use the term GYAT, G-Y-A-T, which they define as an acronym for girl, you are No, it's girl, your ass thick. Girl, your ass thick. Which is a good thing, apparently, so. And I guess they have, there's like a preppy aesthetic. Yeah. And a vanilla girl, clean girl. Yeah, because while Zoomers and Millennials will identify the preppy aesthetic as Blair Waldorf-esque, yes preppy person would wear lululemon attire and use summer friday's lip butter balm and I what guess is that all like and like clean girl is kind of like millennial millennial beige. beige so the fuck? Are you like to be complete yeah like to be completely fair all of these things mean the same thing there's just different words for them so you guys can look forward of going into 2024 knowing that there's an entire generation now using slang literally none of us have heard of before and we are all going to get trolled by the 12 year olds who speak it. Have fun with that ex- existential crisis, Gen Z, because welcome to the party. Also, Furbies welcome. are back, so worry about that. I know, I kind of want one too. No! 
You can invite demons into your house, but they have to be sexy, not Furbies. I want to get a Furby because I know Aaron wants to get a Furby and I want to see if they will connect, if they will link up. If they will alien communicate and telepathically. That's what I want to test. <laughs> you guys had better just do that well before the next time I come out to California because I will not set foot out there. If you guys have telepathically communicating Furbies, you can bet on that. Okay. On that fun, terrifying horror movie note, uh, have fun, people. Good luck in 2024, y'all, because the world's on fire. Easier. The world's on fire. Go do something you like, and you know what? If Starbucks is what gets you into tomorrow, go yeah. drink it. That is what got me through today. I, was yeah, I got two Starbucks today. It got me through. Did you? Was yours half off? They were supposed to be half off today from noon no. to like six. Oh yeah, because it's Thursday. But no, because I got one in the morning. Also, oh. they, it's the start the campus coffee. It's like we probably like, serve. Yes, we probably yeah. serve Starbucks, so it's, it doesn't take the points and shit. But I got a latte in the morning, and then my boss was like, "We're going to Starbucks." I'm like, "Yes." So I got my black tea lemonade. Good. All right, y'all. We will talk to you later, and. Happy New, Happy Year. New Year. We will see you in 2024. We cannot wait to share more with you. And uh, yeah, thank can't you. Wait to see, can't thank wait to see where things go. But Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns.